Welcome to Behind the Standards with United Rentals. This is the podcast where we discuss construction safety, specifically trench excavation and confined space safety, but also other topics that deal with general job site safety as well. I am Rick Plosinski, Customer Training Specialist, and this is the second of a two-part episode that deals with safe equipment handling. Our guests today are Gary Given and Kurt Sutherland. What about, now we do a lot with steel plates and all different sizes and they range in weight from, I know the heaviest ones can weigh up to 6,500 pounds a piece. Eight by 20 inch thick steel road plate weighs approximately 6,500 pounds, but we even have the smaller ones that, oh, they might, they might look like you can actually grab them and, and maneuver them around. Nowhere close, right, Kurt? Yeah, again, I just, I don't like touching our products. Right? <laughs> so the more you can touch them with anything else other than your fingers or your foot, uh, that's a good thing. So uh, especially when it comes to road plate, um, it, you're not going to uh, set a road plate down on your finger and, and, and normally uh, walk away without some form of injury, same for your foot. So keeping your distance is the key thing with, with road plates. Um, there's two different types of uh, lifting eyes that are, are utilized with a road plate. We have the lock and lift, uh, which is kind of a, a mechanical, uh, uh, I don't even know what the right word is, but uh, you can look it up, L-O-K, in, in lift. <laughs> so it basically wedges into a, an insert that's welded in the plate and that, that creates the lifting point. And the other is a screw type that uses threads. Uh, you want to make sure both of those uh, devices, whichever one is in your market, you want to make sure that they're clean before you insert them. Make sure the threads aren't worn. There's a, a go no-go gauge that's utilized for the threaded inserts to make sure that uh, both parts are good. We That's part of our make-ready process to check those. But uh, many times our, our we get to a job site and the customers had the same screw type connector for the last 15 years and they say no we're fine and and we'll check it and say actually you're, you're you could use a new one and uh you know we want to make sure that they're safe for their job so using those tools to make sure you can lift it safely with a crane or a, a excavator whichever uh, your choice there on your job site so making sure that's right knowing the the weight capacity of what are you lifting we've had many x's trying to do large plates like you're talking about and, and makes for a bad day or they start to tilt and uh, do different things our drivers try to uh, work with the customers to say, hey, that's not the right size. Let me unload it with our crane and you can get another tool later uh, because a lot of times it's, we just don't have on the job site the right tool for the job based on this the size that they're, they're doing. Uh, we utilize a, a, a magnetic tagline. It's a great little tool. It's like a shovel handle that uh, uh, has an extension to it, uh, but there's a magnet on the end. And if we need to do some fine placement uh, or control of that with a tagline, uh, we put that on there. It has a nice little handle. You can stay back two or three feet from the, the road plate and you can help position it. Uh, you can control it. Uh, a rope, you can't, you can pull on a rope great, but you can't push on a rope very well and control anything. So this magnetic tagline gives you that ability to push and pull and get it right where the where you want it. And it's a, it's a great tool. All of our drivers carry that with them. And when they need that, that fine touch or a requirement on a job site for a tagline, we absolutely use that as our tagline. Um, with the winter weather coming and in many places already as we record this, 
You do have to worry about uh, condensation. If road plates are wet, you stack them up, they freeze overnight. That would build up some ice in between. So you want to make sure that uh, the stack, if you're stacking them, that you kind of understand if it's leaning one way or the other. We, we store them at our branches and racks, and we always try to tilt the racks back towards the uprights. And that way, if, if there is some frost that develops or ice in between, uh, they're going to slide back into the rack and not out into our aisleway. So just be, again, where's the line of fire? What could go wrong? Where would they go if, if something were to happen? And, and weather creates a, a unique environment uh, in that area. And then the plate placement, maybe Gary could add a little bit to this, but uh, when you're put, putting it over excavations, you want plenty, you want to make sure you follow the tab data, uh, but you also want to make sure you have plenty of overlap with the, the solid ground so that you don't have the road plate falling into your excavation, that it, it's safe and, and secure uh, in all those methods. And, and Rick or Gary are certainly better experts at that aspect than I am, but uh, that that's that's my Again, we could probably build a whole podcast around handling of, of steel plates, but uh, that's that's my my top ten or however many I listed there. Yeah, but Rick probably knows more about this than we do, Kurt. As far as that goes, he's he's very intimate with the standard. But uh, each you know plates have their own set of tab data, just like everything else does. And um, you know, nothing. It's called trench safety for a reason, and plates are a big part of trench safety. And so. Um, you got to have a specification for that. Uh, and then the other thing, too, is just the transition. You put a plate on ground as a transition from the plate to the to, to whatever the grade is you're putting it on. Um, you know, it, it's important to keep in mind what where the plate's placed and, um, you know, what that transition looks like. So. And not only do you have the lifting eyes, but you need to make sure that you have a nice round hole to put that lifting eye in. It, it can't be what they call in the South wallered out. Well, like yeah, says, we got a, we have a, we have a gauge, a go no go gauge that uh, everybody carries them. There's plenty at the branch, and that's that's part of our rent ready process. It doesn't go back into the rent ready stack unless somebody has used the gauge to make sure um, that that uh, lifting nut is true. Now we handle a lot of other equipment too. The one I'm thinking of to talk about next are water barriers, and this is kind of new to our trench safety fleet as well. Yeah, so water barriers uh, are plastic. So just like the aluminum, it can be deceiving. You think, hey, I, I got this little plastic, uh, looks like a Lego brick here. I'll just move this. And, and that works great most of the time. They slide really easily because they're very polished plastic. Uh, a couple of things to know about those. They're water filled uh, at the job site and we don't haul them with water in them and neither should you. Uh, it is acceptable to move them around a job site, but when you put them on a truck, uh, bad things can happen if they're full of water and we don't want that extra weight and, and risk there. Uh, there's a, a great temptation to handle those by yourself, a one person lift, but uh, they, they are, uh, I think they're 80 or 90 pounds. I, I don't know the exact weight, but they're just, they're bulky and, and deceptive and there's not good handles on them for one person lifts. Uh, what we like to do uh, as they go out, at, uh, hopefully we're sending truckloads, right? It's our preference, but we like to put them into blocks where we, we take five or six of them. Uh, we, we stack them nice and neat and then we, we, put banding material around them. And that way we can grab them with a forklift and one lift and load them all on the truck. They're not gonna fall off the side. Uh, and that just makes it nice and easy that you can do your load securement on the truck and you don't have to worry about them 
slipping off. And, and again, we can haul uh, quite a few barriers in that method. Uh, when it comes to picking them up on a job site, uh, you know, we don't have the same tools available to us to be able to put them into blocks. Uh, if it's a large order, we try to send two employees so they can do some team lifting. Uh, it's just too much for one person to get them up on the deck. Uh, a crane would take a long time because you're lifting one at a time and having to get there to undo it. So it's it's really a two-person job when it comes to those Um and then again, the, the best thing is is having the teamwork and, and make sure they're empty and that communication again of how are we going to lift this, how are we going to stack it because they can uh, get really slippery, especially in a wet environment if it's raining or misty that day. Uh, you got plastic on steel; it's a very unpredictable situation. Gary, do you happen to know how many gallons of water those things actually can take? I do not know, no, but I do know that. Um... You can have two or three, maybe four gallons of water and not even know it. You may have to tilt it just to see if there's water still in it. And so you're adding another, what, 20 or 30 pounds right there. And these are, these are big and bulky and they can be heavy. So big and bulky has hurt a few people over time. So. Now, our company is Trench Safety. That's our division. But we also actually carry a substantial amount of confined space entry equipment as well. What have we learned there, Kurt? Well, from a material handling standpoint, we have tripods and, and all the winches and uh, devices that can be mounted to those tripods. And there's just, again, kind of like the, the aluminum shores, there's lots of pinch points as you're uh, letting out the legs, as you're setting up the tripod, as you're putting the winches onto the legs. There's just plenty of, of pinch points. If you're not familiar with the product and you just start grabbing it and hoping that you get it expanded and set up right, uh, your, your fingers could be in the wrong location. So just being familiar with it, looking at that owner's manual of what's the right way to set this up uh, for my job site. Again, they're, they can be heavy, uh, so it's always good to have a buddy to help you in the setup of it and communicate well. Uh, and then Again, we like to, you don't just rent a tripod because that doesn't do you much good all by itself. You need the winch, you need all the different components to make it an effective system. So if you're ordering those three or four products all together, which you probably have to to make it work, it's best just to put that on a pallet. Then you can grab it with a forklift, stick it next to your uh, manhole or whatever uh area you're going into and then it's right by your job site and then you just set it up appropriately from there so that's that's the big thing is just the pinch points it can be heavy so just make sure you're aware of of the weight of the items so that you're lifting safely and in the light of what's going on right now as far as COVID 19 and a lot of the uh you know sanitation considerations that everybody is taking into when we talk about the next product pipe plugs i've got to imagine that has to come into some consideration as well yeah pipe plugs i mean let's just face it let's be real here for a second they're mainly used in sewer applications so nothing nothing clean comes out of a sewer uh even a, a brand new sewer you just don't want to take any risk so uh you know, PPE is incredibly important to make sure that you're wearing the right gloves, uh, the right equipment for that. Um, the the weight of, of pipe plugs can be very deceiving. Uh, we just recently put together a weight chart for use internally, and, and some of our more experienced managers uh, were kind of caught off guard with what some of our standard pipe plugs weigh all by themselves. And so understanding that and then what's it going to take to lift that and 
as we were preparing for this, we talked about how, do, how does a customer get it into the excavation to get it down to the to the sewer system that they're building or, or repairing. And so you got to consider all those weights. And then uh, in OSHA terms, they call it bloodborne pathogens, right? Your hepatitis and your HIV and all those uh, things that where the material, the equipment could be contaminated with those things. So you want to make sure your employees are protected. Uh, the OSHA standard calls out who needs to be vaccinated based on their employee exposure and things like that. So you want to make sure your company is compliant uh, with the bloodborne pathogen standard. Uh, and then your employees are educated that we just we never touch those things without PPE on. Uh, we sanitize them and uh, clean them, you know, upon return and, and before we store them at our branch. Uh, but you just don't uh, ever trust it. It's kind of like COVID situation. Even though you think somebody else may have deconned your, your workstation, you want to go ahead and do that as well, just to make sure that you're not exposing yourself to something that, that uh, you don't. Don't want to. And Gary, when you're utilizing a pipe plug, you don't just lower it into the manhole, shove it into the pipe, blow it up, and you're done. There's a lot of a lot more consideration that needs to be put in there. Yeah, it's more complicated than it sounds. Um, again, this is another situation where you rely on manufacturers' uh, specification and, and data. Um, you have to be again cognizant of the weight of them. I mean, it's it, some of these are very heavy. You just don't throw it down there on your shoulder and walk down out on your shoulder and and expect to be successful. And a lot of those areas are tight, and the plugs can be long. And so, yeah, there's a lot of consideration when it comes to um, to, to how you're handling in the field. I mean, think about that. Once it's installed, it has to be blocked. When it's blocked, even though it, you are blocking it, you still have to make sure that you're not that you're outside of the the cone of the danger cone, I guess they call it, which is basically out of the. There you go. Maybe you can talk to that a little bit. Yeah, just the danger sphere. That's the area that if if the plug would blow, um, what would be the area that any any type of um, you know any, anything from from the blown plug would, would would the area that it would hit. So. And Gary, when we're talking about moving around things like slings or bridles or any of those types of considerations, what do we need to keep in mind there? It's still um, very heavy, whether you throw it over your shoulder or whether you try to drag it. And um, you're not going to, most people aren't going to throw a, a heavy chain sling or wire rope sling over their shoulder, but um, it, it often happens where somebody will bend over and try to grab them, try to drag it across the ground. And uh, you know, a 250-pound sling is 250 pounds, whether you're trying to carry or not. And so that's another one of those things that uh, we just like to say hands off. Um, there's different ways you can move them. You can move with a forklift. You can move with a hand truck. Um, you know, you can, there are devices you can put on the end of the forklift with a hook on it that you can help, help you move them. But, um, you know, no matter, where, no matter where you're moving it, uh, whether it's 10 feet or 200 feet, um, again, we just like to take the hands-off approach even on, even on something like slings. So, Gary, what final thoughts would you want to leave our listeners with before we close this out? Um, I just think I think we covered a lot of it really in detail. Um, just to you know reinforce that uh, don't try to move too much without uh, help. Um, uh, our 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 products serve a purpose. Um, we our products are built to protect uh, uh, the employees that use them in the public and. Um, we also have to keep in mind that uh, we have to protect ourselves when we're using them. And so um, 
uh, just be mindful of, um, you know, of the dangers that are involved. Thanks. And Kurt. Yeah. So, uh, I like to tell our employees that, that our work matters, right? Our, everything that we do, be it confined space equipment or, or excavation safety, uh, our products are meant to protect our customers that are utilizing these products. And, and we can't hurt ourselves in the process of trying to protect our customers. So the quality that we put into our product to make sure that, that everything's right, the, the delivery process, um, we have to make sure we're taking care of ourselves so that we can take care of our customers who need these products to to safely execute their jobs so that they can go home uh, every night to their family just like we want to go home to our family so it's really important to to understand that it's it you can't underestimate the uh the weight of the products that we handle uh, if you're in the wrong spot at the wrong time uh, bad things happen. So we have to be extra diligent to not be in that line of fire, to always remind our customers, our outside haulers, our own employees where to stand and where not to stand so that we can make sure that if it does fall, uh, you know, we, we can put a little bit more paint on it. We can get out a torch or a welder and fix a corner of a road plate. We can't replace you. So we have to make sure we're doing everything right. This has been Behind the Standards with United Rentals. If you have any questions about this topic or have any suggestions about other topics that you may want to be discussed, feel free to send an email to urtspodcast at ur.com. On behalf of Kurt, Gary, and myself, thanks for listening. Have a great day and stay safe.